The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. The Prince, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Twisted Tuesday has begun. Sirius XM Channel 159. We're breaking it down. We've got a lot of stuff to unpack. We've got Major League Baseball. We've got Wimbledon Tennis, NFL News, signing, suspensions, NBA free agency rapidly approaching. The New York Knicks continue to shuffle the deck, and they're all in on Jalen Brunson. And it appears as though Jalen Brunson is all in on them. We're going to break it down. Mo DeKeel's going to step up and in and uh, break it down. And we'll, just, we'll talk NBA basketball with Mo. Andrew McInnes will kick it with us. We'll get into the CFL uh, with McInnes and more talk. Major League uh, Baseball, get you caught up to date. We'll talk uh, football, uh, Brittany Griner and everything else in between. Serena Williams um, gets eliminated uh, from Wimbledon. An early, an early exit. And basically all hell broke loose at Wimbledon today. Wimbledon has arrived. I was waiting. I know we had the opening round stuff, but I don't know. What did it take? It took uh, Kyrgios about uh, 12 minutes, I believe it was. It was 12 minutes before he started melting down, smashing tennis balls into the stands. He actually spit at somebody today. He actually spit <laughs> today at somebody at Wimbledon. It's like, bro, like, you just... This is Wimbledon. I, I got to tell you, man, if you guys are banning Russians and stuff, why don't you ban him? Why don't you ban him? I got to tell you, if I was running the show, I mean, don't they kick people out of Wimbledon for, like, if their skirt's too short and stuff like that? I mean, there's been, like, wardrobe battles, man, at Wimbledon. And, like, Wimbledon are, like, very old school, Queen Elizabeth-ish. You can't be spitting at fans, man. <laughs> he he spat at the direction of a fan because a fan, I don't know, the fan was cheering for the other dude, like everyone else in the world that doesn't bet on you. Like, seriously, this guy's out of control. Like, like, like way, way, massively, massively out of control. As I said, it wasn't like it was one thing after another. Uh, it, not, not to mention, he basically, he verbally abused the judge. Um, he went off uh, after, called the judge, like, I don't know, 90-year-olds and stuff like that, which it's the one thing I'm kind of going to agree with him with. He is right about that. He is right. There shouldn't, um, I've said it before, like, you know what I mean? Like, the average, uh, the average uh, person, the average male, I know, they start to lose their eyesight at like 40 years old. Your eyesight is just not as good. And, you know, you, you got all these, like, referees and judges and umpires and stuff, and especially in the NFL. You got, like, 72-year-old men and stuff. <laughs> running. Um, so, uh, basically, 
he got into it with the umpire. He got into it with the line judge. He got into it with a with a fan. He got into it with a steward. He got into it with the person that controls the video screen. And then after he basically told the fans to suck it, he said, "Wow, well, you guys want to like cheer against me? Don't be surprised if I spit at you." I thought he was gonna kill that old dude with the ball for a second too. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Omarenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people are bustling, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. The Twisted Tuesday has begun. And since it's Wimbledon, let's start off with Wimbledon. And because she kicks ass and she's so great, even though she lost, let's tip our uh, our cap to Serena Williams. Loses in the opening round of a major for just the third time in her career. The other two times came in 2012. And uh, last year's uh, Wimbledon, when she retired due to a hamstring uh, injury, it's pretty clear that Serena is not the player that she once was. She lasted the test of time. I think you could argue she is the greatest female tennis player of all time. Listen, I've always been a Martina. Listen, Martina is as good as it gets, but the the longevity of Serena and just how long she lasted in a sport that just terrorizes and burns people out as quickly as it does so we tip our cap to uh, to Serena Williams let's be real she's never going to win another major again like she can't like she's having problems getting through the first round uh now she's having problems getting through the first round so uh, Rafael Nadal earned his 306 uh, major win matching Martina for fourth most by any player in history. Most wins in a major. Roger Federer, 369. Serena Williams, 365. Novak Djokovic, 328. Martina, 306. Rafael Nadal, 306. It's quite the uh, it's quite the list right there. So her her resume speaks for itself. So all hell broke loose uh, earlier today at Wimbledon, too. And listen, if you're not a big, like, tennis fan and stuff, like, it's sort of like we tell you about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, even if you're not a big hockey fan, uh, you know what? You want to watch it just because it's crazy. So anytime that this dude, uh, Nick, uh, what is it, Nick Kyrgios, um, anytime this guy plays tennis, you want to watch it just because... Like, if you like wrestling and you want a villain, this guy is, like, villain public enemy number one. And today, it took him about 12 minutes before he completely started melting down. It's like the opening matches. It's 12 minutes in. Dude, like, he smashed a tennis ball. There was an old man about four feet away from him. <laughs> like, one of the steward dudes. And he smashed it. I was like, oh, my God. Is he about to hit this old dude in the face with the tennis ball? No, he smashed it into the stands. A fan heckled him, and then he spat in the direction of the fan. I would have kicked his sorry ass out and back to Australia. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Marinci. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. San Diego's leading Arizona 6-3 right now as we kick it on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. What's up, SoCal? Sirius XM 159 Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates and people watching our video feeds as well. So, yes, I mean, I, I have San Diego. They're up 6-3. The Los Angeles Dodgers uh, tonight. It was basically the sports books versus the world. And I knew. I knew. And it's funny because I'm the Dodger fan. And I had my doubts and reservations about this game tonight. I said it. If you tune in to Game Time Decisions tonight, I said, I said, guys, you know, there's this stuff is sort of contagious. It's bizarre that it works out this way, but it does. Like I said, like Colorado won the National Lacrosse League Championship. Then they won the Stanley Cup the other night. Like, and I said, now the Rockies are going to win a bunch of games in a row. It's just one of these deals. Like, you know what I mean? They won the Cup. Everyone's everyone's like buzzing around Denver and stuff. And now the Dodgers roll into town. And the Rockies smoke the Dodgers. <laughs> Cash big tickets two nights in a row. And... And everybody, everybody was on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, late a run and a half. Oh, late two and a half. They're going to smoke them. It's Kershaw. And I said, no, nah, man, like, I, I was concerned. I just put him in a parlay. I played it. You know, I, you know, it is what it is. I'll accept it. But it's frustrating. Listen, we still showed a profit tonight because all of our other baseball picks were so good, but it was frustrating. It's two nights in a row the Dodgers cost me a parlay. But I'm telling you, last night the Dodgers were in a bad spot, right? The Dodgers were in a bad spot. thing is, Chad Cool sucks, for lack of a better term. Um, so Chad Cool blows, and the Rockies were 1-8 and eight in his last nine starts. But, of course, and, you know, Anderson never loses. And, um, and then, of course, what happens, the Rockies shut him out, and then tonight it's Kershaw on the hill. And, uh, and Colorado win again. Colorado win again. That's the famous last words, man, when you're laying big prices with these big favorites. Basically, if you're playing the Dodgers, you play them on the run line because they either win by two or more or they just lose the game. That's, you know, only four times this year have the Dodgers actually won a game by one run, which is pretty crazy. Uh, only four times the run line is coming. Like, it's, it's insane with the Dodgers. This is what they do, too, but I don't know. I guess Freddie Freeman. I don't know. What's up with this guy anyways? Seriously, Freddie, like, chill out, bro. Like, man, these these players that, like, leave teams and stuff like that, man. It's like, get over it, bro. You're living in Los Angeles. You're making a ton of money. And now, what, you're all crying and stuff because you went back to Atlanta. You're sad now. You saw the ex-wife. He fired, like, oh, I don't like what happened and stuff like <laughs> Thing is, Atlanta didn't want to resign you, bro. Right? That's the whole thing with Freddie Freeman. He wanted to stay with Atlanta. He wanted to stay, and they were like, you know what? Other teams are going to offer him all this crazy money, and we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. <laughs> so, I don't know if his feelings are hurt or whatnot, but listen, you know, this thing is just sort of brewing right now, but it's 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 interesting because the Freddie Freeman love fest was instant, and I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I looked at him like a brave. I was like, man, I don't like. You know, I was like, what? We signing guys that beat us now, right? So again, we lost Jansen. I was like, really? Like, come on, man. Like, and then like you know the Freddie chance right from the start. So they, you know, Freddie gets the VIP treatment, 
And uh, now, now, like, there's the implication that he's upset. He's sad, right, that he's not with Atlanta. There's a great gif, a great tweet out there with the L.A. Dodger hat with the L, but the Atlanta A. And it says, said Freddie Freeman's hat. <laughs> Freddie, Freddie Freeman's hat. So, yeah, the Internet's blowing up a little bit right now. The Dodger fans are pretty chill, but there's like a few, like there's more than a few. There's a lot of F Freddie Freeman. <laughs> like there's a lot of, you know what? We didn't even watch you in the first place. We, uh, we wanted to keep Seeger, <laughs> And people are like, it's getting hostile already, man. That's the whole thing, man. Fans will turn on your ass fast in sports, man. Like, look at Debo Samuel. Look at look at Tyreek Hill saying he's getting death threats and stuff because he said that uh, the Tua throws a better ball in Mahomes. He gets death threats. People are psychopaths. Listen, I'm a Dodger fan. I don't care. I just want Freddie. I just want him to win games. I don't care what Freddie Freeman's feelings are. i got to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. He seems like he's a little overly emotional about this, to be honest. Whatever, bro. You won a World Series. You played there for a bunch of years. It's done, all right? Like, move on. Oh, boy. I got to tell you, it was 6 nothing. It's 6-4 right now. It's 6-4. Arizona keeps scoring. I don't like this. Bottom of the seventh inning. I don't like this. I've got money on uh, San Diego. So, yeah, we opened up with a little tennis talk. And I you know, it was sort of one of these nights tonight. We're going to sort of, you know, we're going to spray the board. going to hit a dabble and uh, dip our beaks in a little bit of everything. But uh, I'm dead serious. Like, listen, man, the name of the show is Sports Rage. I'm far from, like, you know, Queen Elizabeth, man, and, like, being uptight. I am old school, but I don't consider I'm not uptight. But I got a problem if you're spitting at fans at Wimbledon. Like, you know, the, I don't know. Dude, I, I believe the fan told him. I think he, I think the fan said to him after he hit one of the net, like uh, uh, a return, he said, nice return. I think one of the British dudes sarcastically in the stands behind him said, nice return, Nick. And I believe that was the gist of it because you saw Kyrgios looking up at him. He goes, what would you say, nice return? He goes, yeah. And then he, so they were getting into it. And Kyrgios was sort of like, he didn't try to kick the guy out or anything, but he sort of like, when he sat down, he got into it with the guy, and he's sort of yelling at everyone. So he's making a big scene. I'm not exaggerating. Like I said, he got into it with the judge. He called them like dumb 90-year-old men after and stuff. Uh, he got into it with the judge. He got into it with one of the stewards. That's, I don't even know what a steward does. The steward, like the boss of the ball boys. Like I said, he smashed a tennis ball once into the stands. I thought it was going to hit the old guy in the face. Like, he, like I'm telling you, it was kind of a jerk move. Like, he kind of wound up, like, so the old guy sort of thought, this guy might be, like, aiming at me, right? But at the last second, he popped it up in the air type thing into the stands. And then after when he won the match, after he actually won, that's when he turned around and he walked back to the area where the fan was, and he spit in the fan's direction. And then he took the microphone and he, he told the fans, you guys are pretty rowdy and you want to cheer against me. Then, you know, and after at the press conference, he was asked about the spit and he basically did not apologize. He said, if you want to come to here and criticize me and cheer against me, I'm going to spit at you. It's like, dude, like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I'd be rolling up with the, uh, what are they there? What, what do they call them out there? The dudes with the hats and stuff. I'll be sending the Royal Guard down there. Right? I'll be sending the Royal Guard. I'll be sending like Queen Elizabeth's like Secret Service down there. I'll be like, listen, like you're done, you're you're out. 
You know, but these new tennis players, these guys are all out of control. Look at that Chapo guy, Chapo, the Canadian kid. He told the fans to shut the F up the other night in Italy like a couple of weeks ago. Would you shut the F up when they were heckling? Like, he's telling the fans to shut the F up. Kyrgios is spitting at fans. And, uh, you know, who's that other guy, the German guy? Medvedev, what's that guy's name? What's, what's that guy's name? Uh, whatever the guy's name is. Zarev, yeah, whatever. The Russian-sounding German guy. So, yeah, that, that guy. That guy, like, smashed his... Another one. Medvedev is a jerk, too. <laughs> yeah, Med- yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're all whatever. <laughs> so, the Zarev guy, you remember when he smashed his racket, like, on the, on, on the ladder, like, where the judge sits? But he did it, like, right near Buddy's feet, man. Like, he went up, and he's like, ah, oh, and he starts yelling at the guy, and he starts smashing, swinging the racket. And I noticed, like, nothing happens to the Matthias. They're not, like, kicked out. They're not, like, so, like, they're out of control. They're out of control. Like, dude, like, to me, like, here it goes, you've been warm, bro. Like I said, you didn't spit at the fan. It was sort of whatever you spat, and I get, you know, everyone knew what you did. Whatever. I'm watching you. Like, one more transgression. I'd kick his ass out of the tournament. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Well, I promise you there's a lot of people out there that lost 116 bucks and more on the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight. I am Gabriel Morenci. Clayton Kershaw uh, gives up. Um, so he's allowed six-plus uh, earned runs for the first time since June 19th, 2017. Snaps a streak of 106 consecutive starts, allowing five earned runs or less. It's 106 consecutive starts. Of course, tonight was one of those nights that everybody loaded up on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers run line. Oh, there's no way. They were in a bad spot last night. They're going to bounce back tonight. I had my doubts. I had my concerns. Um, and I ended up losing a parlay. Uh, but I'm telling you, man. You know, that's baseball betting is tricky like that. People think, oh, there's no way that the team's get a good team's gonna lose again. No, they can. And often these good teams will lose against against bad teams. That was a big uh, big series the Dodgers went through with the Braves, and clearly it has its uh it's had its toll on them. All right. Uh, I believe we got Andrew McKinnis ready to step up and in from Wager Talk. Uh, is McKinnis with us? Are you ready to rock McKinnis? What's going on, McKinnis? I sure hope I'm here, Gabe. Am I here? You got me? Yeah, yeah, you're here. Well, you've, okay. you've got you have self doubt about yourself. 
Yeah, you're here. Uh. <laughs> I, know, I never know, man. I never know. But uh, happy to be here with you, Gabe. What's going on, man? All right, we're doing we're doing all right. A lot of stuff uh, going on here. So uh, the hockey season is done uh, right now, but the, you know, the draft is around the corner, and it is pretty crazy that um, Shane Wright's odds keep coming down. Right, like Shane Shane Wright uh, to to be the number one pick, to be the uh, the number one pick in the draft. Um, he was he was twelve to one, guys. It was minus twelve fifty like last week. It came down to like minus nine fifty. Then it was like all right, minus seven fifty. It's actually all the way down to minus three twenty uh, right now. And I said the other night what it was twelve to one. It was one of those deals where it was nothing against Shane Wright, but I said for betting purposes, I guess you just got to take um, Slavowski, uh, essentially, because in case in case the Habs don't do it, I still think the Montreal Canadiens will take Shane Wright. And they got him up at minus 320 right now. But I got to tell you, it wouldn't like completely shock and blow me away if they did end up taking this uh, Slavovsky kid. He's plus 140 right now. What do you think that they do, McKinnis? Well, I'll tell you what, Gabe. If they don't take Shane Wright, there's going to be an absolute riot in downtown Montreal. That's for sure. I mean, it seems like all the fans want Wright. He's been the guy for many, many years projected to be this number one overall pick. And like you said... Slavowski, you know, starts. Oh, hold on. Let me just heads. let me just say one thing though about the the Canadian fans drink the Kool Aid no matter what they do, so they'll accept whatever <laughs> happens. They'll, they'll they'll like what they're told to like. All right, so go on though. After that, go on. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Shane Wright's been that guy for for several years now. I mean, he's one of those generational players that, that's listed as. It's not often that you see the number one. Usually, it's as a top three ranking that's constantly moving up and down throughout, you know, several year span. Shane Wright's been projected to be this number one overall pick for, you know, what feels like four or five years now. And Slavoski, the thing with him is that it's kind of one of those things where experience comes into play. Who have you played against? You know, how, how experienced are the players you're playing against? What level of competition are you playing against? And what have you won really? Slavoski's played like against better here. competition. Exactly. In my opinion. Yes. And that's really the thing that I think that people are starting to like about him. But the thing is, Shane Wright is a center. And I read something today where people say centers are what you draft. Wingers are what you trade for. And I kept on reading that article. And you look at with Shane Wright. I mean, you you get Shane Wright. You're going to have two centers for 10 to 15 years with him and Nick Suzuki. You know, but... You give Slavoski, and you're going to have a dynamic line pretty much right away on your top line. But I think Shane Wright's the guy. I think, number one, he's really, really strong two-way player. Everybody wants that flashy guy, Gabe. Everybody wants to talk about the guy that's going to put the puck in the net. And, of course, the Canadians need that. But, you know, he's got a great shot. But what I liked, actually, in his last year, his scoring went down. He turned into more of a playmaker. He said it in, in several interviews recently, you know, on a two-on-one, what are you doing, passing or shooting? He said shooting, of course, goals feel better. 
but in his last OHL season, he turned into more playmaker. He turned into what a captain is supposed to be, and that's a team-first player. And I think the Canadians do need a player like that. They also need a goal scorer. But like you just said, uh, Slavovsky, the one thing with him, you know, Olympics, uh, world champions, big, skilled, you know, able to play against more experienced players already. He's already proven that. But I think Shane Wright's the guy for the number one overall pick. But I agree that it's it's becoming a lot closer than it was before. And I don't think it should have been, you know, as big of a betting favorite. So uh, from what you just said, if I heard you correctly, you recommended people to take Slavowski just based on the odds. And uh, yeah. obviously that was a smart idea. That was before the move. That was before the move. Yeah, I've had a lot you of these plus smart ideas. 140 now, Gabe? Yeah, yeah. Plus he was like, he was, he was plus 1,500 before. He's plus 140 now. Yeah, I mean, there's no point now, is there? I mean, if you're, there's, I mean, you missed the That's boat, insane. Right? Yeah, no, I yeah. totally agree. No, now, now I'd be like, you know what? I'll put Shane right in a parlay. <laughs> to be the top pick now, <laughs> minus 320. <laughs> no. And shout out to our boy Nick. Uh, Nick in Chicago said he got a piece of uh, Slavkovsky. The only thing is, if they think Slavkovsky is some sort of offensive star, they might go for it. You know what I mean? The Canadians haven't had a 50-goal score since Stefan Richet. It was a long time ago, right? They haven't had a 100-point score since Mats Nasland. It was 1986. So they might think, yeah, Shane Wright is really good, and he's this two-way guy and all this, but the Slovakian kid is like a – he's like a superstar. It would be interesting. You know, I still think they go right as well. I, and me personally, I would go with Shane Wright. Because if you're the Canadians, don't you don't don't overthink it. Don't don't screw this up. <laughs> like you know what I mean? <laughs> like don't don't like get all cute and stuff. Just go with the safe pick that Shane Wright, and uh, and then plug along. And uh, he's a good fit. Like he's he's you know what I mean? As they say, he's a Patrice Bergeron type. So FanDuel actually does start and they're starting to expand it a little bit. Um, they've now they've got uh, correct order up, so you can go right Slavkovsky. Cooley, minus 115. Slavkovsky. That's the bet right there. Right, Slavkovsky, Cooley. Uh, minus 115, correct order. Slavkovsky, right, and uh, and Cooley is plus 170. Right, Cooley, Slavkovsky is 11 to 1. That's not going to happen. The Devils are going to snap up uh, Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky is a great pick for the Devils, you know. And not to mention, the Devils have several European players, which is just, I don't care what anybody says, it's nice for a player to feel comfortable. And you go in there, you've already got a bunch of centers. He's, He's a winger that will accept passes on the wing. He's absolutely has lots of speed, and he'll score for you. And it's not like the Canadians don't need scoring, but they need a guy like Wright that can be responsible on both ends. I think, to your point there about Montreal looking for a guy like Wright, just as much as the Habs need Wright, the Devils need Slavkovsky. Andrew McKittis uh, kicking it with us. I think uh, Slavkovsky is a great fit uh, for the New Jersey Devils. As far as the, uh, the draft order is concerned, um, Arizona. Arizona goes third, Seattle Kraken fourth, Philadelphia Flyers fifth. Uh, draft is uh, next week in Montreal, and the Montreal Canadiens actually do have the top pick. So that's uh, Montreal Canadiens, New Jersey Devils. Montreal Canadiens, New Jersey Devils, Arizona Coyotes, Seattle Kraken, Philadelphia Flyers, Columbus Blue Jackets with the sixth pick. 
Um, Ottawa with the seventh pick, um, eight, and then uh, eight Detroit, nine Buffalo. From what I understand, too, that there's basically like nine really good players here. That's that's what I've heard from a couple of different scouting outlets and stuff. That there's a little bit of a drop off, but there's a strong there's a strong top nine um, on the board here. So hockey season is done. Uh, I was saying this last night, McKinnis. You know, I think it would be a good idea. The NHL they should uh, they should copy and do what the NBA did and does and have a NHL summer league. NHL Summer League of the prospects and stuff. You know, draft picks, prospects, kids that are trying to make the team and all that. They already have the rookie camps and their little rookie tournaments, so just call it the Summer League and get get numbers up for it. They already have FanDuel as their official sponsor. Put some numbers up for it, and we'll bet some Summer League hockey mechanics. I think it'd be awesome. I think, it'd be, you know what, it would give lots of exposure to the prospects, which is something that I've tried to do a lot more personally not just for the Canadians, which are my favorite team, but for all kinds of other teams. And and it helps as a fan and someone that talks about the game, but also as a sports better, people would enjoy that. People love to learn about the next generation of players. And I really feel like not just because of the betting aspect, but NBA Summer League has helped teams, or excuse me, fans get to know their teams at a younger level. You know, the G League players that might be popping up a little bit. And that kind of stuff, and you know, just you know what though, I got to be remember. honest with you. I got to be honest with you. I don't really think the fans watch it. <laughs> I got to be honest. I think you it's think the better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's like the hardcores that want to see the rookie. Oh my God, Jay Nivey, how do you do in his first ever pro game in the summer league? You know, there, there is that interest. I was in Vegas when Zion played his first game, and it was massive. And it was an earthquake. <laughs> There's never an earthquake. There was an earthquake in Vegas. I was standing on the strip. I'm like, was there just an earthquake? And uh, yeah, there was. Zion's game got canceled. That's how his career started. Sign of things to come. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. This lady says I'm an early. No, nice. Your husband's work is what we call outsider art. It could be by a mental patient or a hillbilly or a chimpanzee. Late night anger management class. This is Sportridge. I am Renzi, the Pixel Parts, the Hustlers, the people of Boston, and everyone else in between. Andrew McKinnis kicking it with us. We're going to get into some CFL football. Week three kicks off on Thursday. We'll get you the ESPN TV schedule. Alexander. Alexander in our chat. I don't know where you're at, Alexander. Alexander says he doesn't love any of the um, United States Hockey League prospects, and he says, um, I am American. I've seen them. Uh, for the record, I just saw a thing about the draft tonight, actually. I, was, I saw a draft special, and um, they were breaking down the uh, the first-round prospects by country. So, yeah, where are you at, Alexander? Are you in Pittsburgh? 
I know Mike's in Tampa, obviously, because his handle is Mike in Tampa. Um, <laughs> but um, um, nine Canadians, because they were bitching about there was only nine Canadians. They're like, there's only nine Canadians going to go in the first round. There's only two Canadians going to go in the top ten. Um, there were eight Americans, nine Canadians, and the rest is like all Europe and stuff. If you guys notice, essentially, basically, Finland has taken the NHL over McInnes. That's the moral of the story. The Finns... The Finns have basically ruined every kid's goalie's life that comes from Montreal and Quebec. Goalies used to exclusively be from Montreal and Quebec in the NHL. Like, you'd have your random guy from somewhere else, but it was essentially, you know, even all the movies, the stereotype, the typecast, the goalie was always French, right? He's always the French guy. And. If you look, like um, like a good example is McKinnis. Roberto Luongo is going into the Hall of Fame, right? They announced this yesterday. Uh, Roberto Luongo is going into the Hall of Fame. He's fourth all-times on the win list. The three guys ahead of him, Martin Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, um, Marc-Andre Fleury, all from Quebec, right? Yeah, Montreal area, Quebec City. So all, all Montreal or Quebec City. Now, I swear to God, off the top of my head, I would say that probably about – 45, maybe 50% of the goalies in the NHL are finished now, bro. But the, there's the Russians, to... too. Russians, too. The good Russian goalies suddenly now. And Russian goalies used to not be very good, but a good lot of Russian goalies now. Shesterkin, Vasilevsky, Georgiev, all those guys. Absolutely. You know, I think back to watch, we're talking about prospects, you know, uh, NHL, Summer League, that kind of stuff. Well, we're going to get a, a certain type of summer league with the uh, World Junior Hockey uh, this summer in August. But, Gabe, I think back to watching the World Juniors and, you know, Canada's playing a team like Finland or even they're playing a team like Latvia. And it's the goaltenders that are stealing the show. It's not because of great defense, not because their forwards are matching them up. It's because the goaltenders are just standing on their heads. And, the you know, throughout the years, Finnish goaltending has just gotten better and better and better. And like you said, uh, Canadian goaltending has kind of fallen down a little bit. I mean, remember when Carter Hart was supposed to be our next big goaltender? They were calling him the next Carey Price. What happened to that? I know he plays for Philadelphia, but... I don't know. These uh, European goaltenders are starting to take over. Oh. If Team Can if there was actually an Olympics this past year, Team Canada was in trouble. Like they were going to want Carey Price to play, and he wasn't even playing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. they really have the United States have the United States is very deep with goaltending now too. American hockey is coming on. Um, just just as a whole, look at Austin Matthews and his success. But we'll get into some football lines. But another there's a big story today with uh, with hockey Canada which is like their junior program and all that. And uh, basically, they're just a bunch of perverts, and they're covering up, like, sexual assault and lawsuits, and they're out of control. So, um, like, not one of them. Eight eight players, McKinnis. Like, really? <laughs> like, so you got eight players, eight players that have they settled lawsuits, except this is, like, public money and stuff. Right, so and they're they're all they won't answer any questions. Well, what what did you give this girl? What did you give these victims three million dollars for? They won't say. Well, you know, there's a non-disclosure. Who, like, who is involved? And basically, like now, dude, like the whole the why I bring this up, guys, because the the word is that a couple of these guys are in the NHL now, right? And Batman wants to know. All right. I don't think he wants to know, but he doesn't really have a choice now. So, uh, well, 
it's a good rot. I mean, there's it's not just those guys are fourth liners. These are guys that are a lot of them superstars now in the league. If you would several, assume several. if they were on Team Canada, yeah, they're not yeah. no names, right? If they were on Team Canada, you're right. Like. Yeah. So, and that's the whole thing. So, like, some people are saying, so in other words, there could be eight people in the NHL right now that settled some sort of, like, Deshaun Watson type thing, except worse. And just like the, just like the Washington football team, they got called in front of the Canadian government, and they didn't answer anything. Oh, we don't know. No, we can't answer. Oh, we'll look. We'll get back to you on that. They don't want to say who it is, who the eight players are. They're all called John Doe. They don't want to say anything. So, um, and they basically think they're above everything, right? So tonight, well, tonight they got punched in the mouth for real. Scotiabank, Canadian Tire, and Telus Cell Phone all pulled their sponsorship. It was pretty serious. Like, you got a problem when, like, you know, you can't sell hockey in Canada because no one wants to be associated with it. And uh, they're all giving the money to victims groups and stuff. Like, it's a disaster. What the hell's going on in Canada? There's a soccer program, too. The Canadian team went on strike because there's a bunch of corrupt people, like, making a million dollars a year on the Federation and stuff. People think corruption just in, like, Central America and stuff. It's not. It's everywhere. So, uh, CFL football on Thursday, McKinnis. Let's do this thing. I'm fired up. We've been crushing this league. Been crushing the, uh, the USFL as well. We got football on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday night football cfl monday night fourth of july special uh but uh, thursday night let's get it started thursday night bc lions and the ottawa red blacks espn plus um bc lions all the way down to two and a half point favorites right now total 47 and a half mckinnis who you got well i just think that number is that it's just far too short you know the ottawa red blacks they had to play the back-to-back defending, you know, Grey Cup champion uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and they did an okay job in, in that. But you know what? I think I'm going to give a lot of credit to Winnipeg's uh, defense, and I got to immediately here in week three, I've had a great three weeks, all, all three weeks profitable, but I said to you on your show in week one or week two, I didn't think Winnipeg's defense was going to be as good. And you know what? I was proven wrong right away, at least against those two games. But I actually think this game goes over the posted total here, Gabe. Um, I like the side, but I like the over the best here at 47 and a half. Just the way that BC is stretching the field, going downfield. And not only just that, yards after catch. I saw a kind of a, a map today showing all kinds of spots, you know, all the targets where Rourke is throwing the ball. And I was absolutely shocked, Gabe, to see that he's not actually gone deep, deep, deep downfield too often. It's actually just been his receivers just extending these plays big time. So many athletic guys and countless options for him. And, of course, the buzz around Nathan Rourke right now in the CFL is just huge. And the Ottawa Red Blacks, I watched both their games so far. They're fresh off a bye. They've looked better than what their their scoreboard dictates. You know, I'll give them credit for that. I didn't think they would be as good as they seemed right away. And I know that might sound kind of funny for a team that has scored 12 points and 17 points, but they actually have played some decent ball. They, they've, you know, had a couple plays they probably wish they had to get back. And I think BC's a team that's going to be involved in some higher scoring contest for the majority of the season. So I like over 47 and a half here. But I think that Ottawa moves to 0-3. Uh, and for the record, I stand corrected. It's ESPN2. 
It's ESPN2 now. All right, so it's going to be on ESPN2. This is the schedule. ESPN2 tomorrow night, BC at Ottawa, 7.30 Eastern time. Or I should say uh, tomorrow, t- technically where you, wherever you are. Uh, that's Thursday night. Edmonton at Hamilton is ESPN+. Plus On Friday night, Saturday night, Montreal at Saskatchewan, ESPN2. And then Monday night is uh, the ESPN+, Plus, the 4th of July. Um, so good stuff. ESPN2 tomorrow night for, for BC and Ottawa. I do agree with, I think we can get there with the over, you know, it depends on Ottawa if they're going to be able to convert in the red zone, which they have a hard time doing, but they, they did play against a very good, you know, they've opened up against, you know, they they had to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers twice, so I get that. You know, I think also, listen, BC are a little beat up, McKinnison, everybody, a lot of people are going to talk about the bad spot that BC are in. And they kind of are. And we've seen other teams in their same spot this year get drilled when they go to the East Coast. But I get the feeling that BC are, like, for real, real. I think a lot of people are looking for them to sort of, like, come back down to earth or, like, really, really stumble this week because they're on the road for the first time. And I'm not sure they will either. I think they'll be able to put points up on the board. And I think Ottawa will be able to put it up put up enough as well. I do agree uh, with the over. And I tell you, it's down to two and a half right now. You know, BC, we're like minus 190 on the money line before. It's minus 134 at FanDuel uh, right now. Edmonton, Alex, and Hamilton, Tiger Cats. Tiger Cats and Des- both these teams or whatever. They're both 0-3. So somebody's got to win a football game. Tiger Cats lay six and a half here, 46 and a half. I actually do think the Tiger Cats roll these guys on Friday. Well, well, they better. You know, this is a big game here for the Hamilton Tire Cats. They can't keep, you know, giving up games like this. But they are a different team than what we've seen in, in years past. They just are. I mean, uh, whether it's, you know, their offensive line, whether it's, you know, Dane Evans behind center. I mean, Dane Evans has actually, you know, been at the top of the league, you know, been up there uh, as far as, you know, passing yards. So it's not really his fault. The offense hasn't been able to convert. The defense allowed a big, big comeback uh, as far as, you know, that game against Calgary is concerned. So there's lots of question marks for me uh, as far as Hamilton goes. But Edmonton, look, I was happy. I made money with them last week, Gabe. I had them. They scored a field goal for me late in the game. They covered. But, you know, you talk about spots in the CFL, teams traveling west to east here in situations like that. I agree with you uh, as far as Hamilton here. But I'll be honest, I'm not excited about betting it. You know, yeah. this isn't my favorite play of the week. If anything, I, I would take under 46 and a half and challenge these teams to give you and I, uh, you know, uh, a quality football game where they're trading points. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't know. I Hamilton would say there will be light it up either. I think Hamilton will be able to move the ball on them. And listen, I was on Edmonton last week. I took them plus the points and I hit, I covered it. Um, and not a lot of people thought, a lot of people thought I was crazy and it was too high. I, you know, Calgary aren't great favorites and they ended up winning by seven, but we were getting nine. Yeah. But if you look at Edmonton, they played every week. They've been in a tough spot, right? They opened up in Vancouver. They got blasted 59-17. The next week, um, they get, uh, they go home. They play against Saskatchewan, who's pretty good. They lose by 10. They battle. Then they got to go to Calgary, and Calgary are really good. Um, so, you know what I mean? They haven't had a, an easy start, and now they're playing their fourth week in a row. Now they're going to the East Coast. I think it sort of catches up to them because they're playing better, but they're still not great. You know what I mean? And, and like you said, Ham, Hamilton Hamilton are in a desperate situation here, but I'm not in, in love with laying six and a half either, yeah. but I think it's, it's a good It's one of those teaser. things, Gabe, where it's kind of like, what has Hamilton done to prove to us they deserve this? They deserve this this number of six and a half. That's 
that's the thing for me that's making me be like, ah. I don't Dane Evans is good, but he's not great, right? Kid from Tulsa, he's good, but he's not great. It's like Masoli. Like, that's why Ottawa, they move the ball down the field, but he has a hard time actually scoring a touchdown, right? And whatever the game's on the line, he doesn't make the play. You know, it's, it's, sort, of, it's sort of a rinse and repeat uh, with these guys. Montreal Alouettes, they drilled Saskatchewan last week. This should be payback where Saskatchewan are going to get them. There should be points in this game, guys. Because Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan's offense struggles a little bit, but they're back home and they're not going to be happy. The Alouettes drilled them. It was like 33-3. Uh, more of McKinnis on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. All right, turns out uh, Alex uh, is in the Bay Area. He's a San Jose Shark fan. S.J. Sharkey. I've got McKinnis with it just for a couple more moments. So as we stated, tomorrow night's game is on ESPN2. And we kick it on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Uh, BC at Ottawa, 7.30 Eastern Time, ESPN2. Friday night, 7.30 Eastern Time. Edmonton and Hamilton. I like Hamilton in the over. Montreal and Saskatchewan. I think the Alouettes could be in trouble here, McKinnis. They ran a score up on the Riders last week. This is going to be payback. They played last Thursday. Uh, Riders are laying three and a half. And we got a Monday nighter on the 4th of July on ESPN+. Plus. Winnipeg at Toronto. What do you think about the other games on the way out here? It's just, you know, it's you love seeing these back-to-back games here uh, in the CFL, Montreal and Saskatchewan. Everything that could have gone right for Montreal went right. You and I both catch a ticket there. They start the game off with a kick return, touchdown. You know, Harris, 16-22, 262 yards. The defense was just unbelievable. Uh, I think the eight sacks, uh, a touchdown, three interceptions. Everything, you know, that could have gone right went right, Gabe. Uh, and everything that could have went wrong for Saskatchewan went wrong. And, of course, something else that went wrong was losing Shaq Evans, who will not be with them again. A huge receiver and a big loss for them. Look, I haven't made a bet on this one yet, and I think that uh, the spot, a lot of handicappers are going to be saying it's a revenge spot, it's a revenge spot. You know, they're going home and home. But, you know, I think Montreal hung around, and they looked solid, and that injury to Saskatchewan I think is huge. The biggest concern for me was actually Saskatchewan's offensive line. You know, we saw Cody Fajardo on the run pretty much the entire game. And how much does protection change? We've got 30 seconds here, McKinnon. Leading towards the Alouettes (laughs) here, actually, at plus three and a half. And as far as the Bombers and the Argonauts, give me the Argonauts plus four and a half at home after embarrassing loss last week. Andrew McKinnis, McKinnis picks on Twitter. Good stuff, Andrew. Thank you very much for taking the time to be with us tonight. Thanks a lot, Gabe. Good luck this week. I can't believe this baseball game 6-6 now. Like, are you kidding me? 6-6! Bring it!